Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I'm now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have the team at Nuke Digital. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, how about maybe we get each of you to kind of say your name and give kind of a quick intro about what you guys do? Sure. Um, my name is Lina. Uh, I, I am in charge of uh, marketing in, in Nuke Digital specifically, but uh, I think at the beginning uh, we're also a startup, so we do a lot of different things. Okay. Uh, hi guys, my name is Luca. I'm in charge of social media platforms, so LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, etc. But as Lena said, you know, we all basically do whatever needs to be done. Sure. Perfect. Okay. Hello, also from from me. So I would be I would be my name's David, and I'm doing the digital analytics and AdWords strategy setup for for Nuke. So working a lot with the on the client facing um, side. Sure. No, that's awesome. I'm curious to know kind of if each one of you can kind of go through kind of where you grew up. Yeah, of course. Uh, should we do it in the same in the same order? I sure, guess. why not? <laughs> okay, so uh, I myself, I, I grew up in Slovenia, as you will see, like the other two as well. Sure. <laughs> um, which is a country next to next to Croatia, Italy, maybe the more known countries uh, in the West. Um and I went to school there, but then also went to school in uh, uh, in Paris, where I studied at university, and then my master's in Monaco, actually, a uh, random choice. And uh, then I moved to Dublin uh, to work for Google. So that's uh, my background in brief. So in, in Google, I worked in AdWords specifically, so in digital marketing, um, working, <clears throat> sorry, working with small and medium-sized uh, businesses uh, which actually led to the startup idea that uh, we're now sort of putting to reality with, with the other two. Sure. All right. I started growing up in, in Istanbul, Turkey, to be honest. So uh, then we moved back to Slovenia. Huh. Um, I actually went to finish high school in Slovenia, went to the UK to university, um, and then just came back to Slovenia to start working in digital agencies. Uh, after a while, I moved to Croatia, to Zagreb, to the capital city, and you know, just all of a sudden, the idea for our start our startup came up, and I moved to Dublin as well. So this is where we are now. Okay, interesting. And okay, so la last but not least, so I, I also grew up similarly as Lina in the same city in Slovenia, and then started studying in in Ljubljana, which would be the capital. Uh, then moved to to Sweden, where I was for a, where I was studying in Linköping for a year. I, I studied business informatics. Also came back um, to study finance and then work in the analytics industry uh, for finance. And then also similarly as Lena moved to Dublin, where I worked for Google with 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 small and medium businesses, and later on uh, with large customer sales. So. Uh, uh, mostly on the performance side of, of the digital um, analytics, yeah. Okay, no, that's really cool. You guys have, have kind of a pretty diverse background, and it's it's cool to me that all of you kind of were mostly worked at Google. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, some sort of, let's say, I educated people for Google, so I was uh, leading courses for Google AdWords. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're all somehow connected to Google. It's how we met. Yeah. So yeah. we we met through Google because, uh, well, different different circumstances, but actually more specifically at an event that we had and we were all there. <laughs> so. Right. Right. That's cool. So I'm curious then, what exactly is uh, Nuke Digital? Okay, so um, there's a fun fact. It's spelled as the capital of Greenland, but uh, yeah, um, so we're promoting there a little bit. But um, it, it is a digital agency that specializes in, in consulting and helping establish partnerships with, with tech startups, which are in pre-, mid-, and post-funding stage. So we, we would be working with them. I would say that we're different in, in two things. So firstly, this, we really are focused on the, on the tech aspect. Okay. So when when they when they go through that funding stages, we help them develop, and that actually leads us to the second uh, stage where our vision is actually to grow with our clients. So that that leads us that we're much more focused on on the results itself, where we we sit down with them, we we help them develop, and with throughout the time we actually develop different various data analysis and website analytics tools. Um, that then help us get the most cost-efficient platforms and kind of through trial and error um, help them grow and, and scale their businesses worldwide. Right. Okay. So um, do you guys work with kind of companies all over the world then? Yes. Yes. So I, I think at the moment we we have all the continents covered, so we, we're quite proud of that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm kind of curious because obviously there's a lot of people kind of in your space, I'm curious to know, kind of what's your approach when you know somebody that has a startup kind of comes to you guys and says, "I need your help." Yeah, well, uh, I'll take this one. Sure. Uh, um, we usually don't have like a fixed approach. We have a, you know, we always trying to set a custom approach for each for each customer. Right. Um, it's not like one size fits all. Sure. Uh, sure. We try to, you know, set uh, defined goals and targetings for each customer separately. Uh, we work on them together and try to you know, achieve those, those targets that actually we've set. Um, maybe the biggest difference is that we focus on data uh, and give our clients an in-depth insights into their online business. So you know, it's not like one size fits all, we just try to be as custom as possible. Sure, and I think it makes sense because, well, data doesn't lie, right? And, yeah. and, and that's an interesting approach. So kind of what types of clients do you work with? So, I mean, uh, we generally work with, like David already mentioned, um, tech startups. We really focus on them, so we're gaining much more expertise there and from the past experiences as well. Uh, but if we sort of generalize, it would be global clients who are trying to expand their online sales, be it their mid-crowdfunding campaign and they need an extra push or their pre-crowdfunding and they need to expand and they don't know the markets where this would sell online etc um so most of them would be project pro product and gadget startups so they would be selling a product or a range of products uh, we have a few that are e-commerce clients but i think uh, over time now we focus much more on on product uh, specific businesses so generally they're they are very very different i think the the only common denominator are that they are all sort of focused on sales globally oh, meaning okay. that okay. they don't have only one market right okay so do you guys kind of do 
just kind of software products or do you guys do hardware stuff as well? Um, I guess, uh, in what way do you mean software and hardware products? Well, uh, I guess like if I'm building kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, like a Pebble watch would like something like Pebble be a potential client because yeah, they're kind of tech, but they're, they're also doing a hardware space or you just kind of focus on the digital products. Uh, th thanks for explaining. I, I was thinking if we create the products, but uh, I get potential clients, uh, yeah. right? Uh, no, so definitely, definitely all. I mean, uh, as long as there is something where we see potential in the market, meaning that uh, we know it would be easy, not not easy, but that they could actually target in different markets globally for their target customer. So if it would be Pebble, like you said, we would see, okay, the target customer is younger, they are they are doing sports, they are active, they use gadgets. So it's definitely a big market online for this, right? When it's something something extremely niche, if we there is an opportunity and that there is a niche out there that we can target to, of course we can do that. I think with software, it's a, it's a different approach. We also have a few clients which would be software in the sense of web platforms, you know, like they want to grow user base where again, digital marketing is super important because you need to, you need to show yourself so they know that you exist to gain audiences, gain users on your website. So it's definitely uh, both type of companies for sure. Sure. No, that that's awesome. So I'm kind of curious then, um, what what would be like the five mistakes startups make with their digital strategy? Yeah, that's a that that's a good good question, and uh, I think we we normally have five things that we see. So I mean, uh, I, I think we'll go more into in depth uh, in them, but first, for sure, is planning. So we notice with a lot of startups, they forget to include digital strategy in their plans. Right. So a lot of them we would contact, they would be already, for example, mid-selling product or having pre-orders, but they've not even thought of, you know, uh, putting the ads on Facebook or Google or set up remarketing or analytics. So I think that's that's one of, we could say it's a mistake because they don't think of it ahead of time because it definitely needs planning, planning ahead. So they mostly focus on product and the service, which of course is great. But if no one knows about your product, right, no one will be able to to really buy it and get you the revenue that you that you have planned. So I think there are some startups that we've worked with that have included their digital advertising and PR efforts in their plan, but they don't look at it as a long term investment. You know, they consider it more as a like plug and play strategy. I, with this, I mean, they, they think of it like, okay, I'll put $5,000 in today, uh, put some ads on, and I, I think I'll get 10000 out tomorrow, you know, right, maybe right. like next month, but very short term. And unfortunately, it doesn't really work that way. Like budgets and efforts need to be planned in advance and with a long-term outlook. Uh, and then based on in-depth research, uh, of online industry, seeing, you know, which markets they will target when, what are sort of, uh, let's say, Thanksgiving opportunities, you know, Black Friday opportunities, and you need to plan that ahead. You cannot just decide, you know, a day before Black Friday, oh, maybe we should put some ads on Facebook. So right, I think planning right. is definitely one of them. Okay. 
I think the second I'll give the word to Luca. So yeah, the second one, the second part is all about expectations. Um, you know, it happened a lot of time when we have the first discussion uh, with a client, with a new client or a potential client. Um, there's a big gap in the digital marketing knowledge and the expectations. So uh, a lot of people actually think that you just, you know, create the ads, put them online and bam, you know, the sales will start coming in. Um, they will bring the good ROI. Um, it's, you know, as you might know, it's far from real from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's much more things to do, um, like, you know, ad design is just not what image or which headline or what, you, what will be the USP that will work best. Um, it's, you know, it's a landing page experience. Um, what, what actually happens when someone uh, gets on the website, you know, is it, um, you know, is the product good enough? Um, how's, the, how's the experience on the website itself? Uh, is it, you know, simple to find the checkout button um, and stuff like that? It's like a million, million different things that actually, you know, um, some sort of, um, let's say, define good or bad um, product online. Um, testing and targeting is a bit a big different um, you know it makes a big difference um, we can actually target audiences that's testing different platforms and tools so it all takes time and resources to nail down the perfect combination um, you know which we usually scale in the long run it's hard to see results coming in after you know a week or two weeks it usually takes up to up to let's say three weeks or one month time and just to sum it up you know majority of people uh, look at digital marketing as a short-term investment uh, with direct returns. Um, it is actually a long-term investment and with direct and indirect returns. You know, you have the assisted conversions, you have um, people converting through different channels. Um, and, you know, it, it's getting more and more trickier to, to attribute the right channel to, you know, to just see what actually works best. Sure. No, I, I think that's a really good point because I think part of the part of the thing that's key and I think a lot of people forget is, okay, you release a product and it's version one or, you know, and whatnot, and you start getting some user feedback and you start actually getting some customers and whatnot. You need to keep kind of doing user testing and other types of testing. And, and like you mentioned, like tweak your landing page and maybe move where your checkout button is or, you know, you kind of need to almost like rework different flows of your app and even, you know, try different things through like A-B testing and whatnot. So I, I think you're totally right that I think most most people don't consider it a long-term investment, but if you want a successful app, it needs to be, and you need to be constantly tweaking and trying to see what works and what doesn't work because you guys mentioned this earlier that you guys are doing data-driven stuff. And at the end of the day, data doesn't really lie. It doesn't really matter what, you know, what I think is the best or what any of you guys think the best. But if the user says that, you know, this layout converts better than the layout that, you know, the four of us prefer, well, of course we're going to use the one that converts better, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Uh, it's a lot of A-B testing. We do it on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, it's just, you were, you were spot on, to be honest. So I'm curious, maybe, is there any like tools that you guys can recommend for people to, to try out there that, you know, I, I get that you can always build custom stuff, but is there any tools that you guys use that you could recommend to the listener? Uh, well, it depends. Um, we usually try to work as much as possible with, uh, the, you know, the, the basic tools like the ads manager in Facebook. You can see a lot of results coming from there. Sure. sure. Um, analytics gives you, Google Analytics gives you the, the best uh, results possible. 
uh, relating to the website. Um, you know, this is just the simple tools we use. Usually David is the one actually focusing um, on different tools. David? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can jump on this one. So I would say that in terms of the, the measuring stuff, the Google Analytics would be, would be our number one tool that we use on a daily basis, more than, more than X amount of hours per day. Um, that is especially when we're looking at the conversion rates and just, you know, like Kevin, to, com to, to come back to your point, right, on, on A-B testing, usually what we say is the, the website that performs at 1% conversion rate versus 0.5 can make all the difference sure. um, between you making profit or making huge losses. So, so it's kind of making those incremental little steps that, that lead you down that road. So uh, Google Analytics is definitely the one that, that helps us the most. Uh, when, when we look at the, the quality of traffic um, for, um, for the campaigns, this is also where we, we kind of combine um, the Google Analytics and then the platforms itself like Facebook uh, and Ad, Ad, AdWords and Twitter ad manager. So here me and Luca would be mostly looking at how can we tweak the, the quality of traffic and how, how the different uh, segments that we, we lead to the page basically respond to the layout as you said uh so that that's one and uh, on the research side the one that we, i would definitely recommend are, are some of them actually are already implemented in the in the platforms like you have a keyword planner in, in adwords uh, display planner uh on on facebook you can you can research your audiences then you have google trends consumer journey that are all uh, to ch available to think with google uh, when you're doing a keyword research, especially if you're in, in industries with more competitive um, competitive offers, uh, especially for e-commerce, then you have SEMrush, um, Ahrefs. Um, you know, like there, there's a lot of them. I, I think it depends depends what your objective is, uh, and then you can accommodate to that, I guess. Sure. So, do you guys do anything on kind of um, page speed optimization at all? Um, so usually with the startups that we work with, uh, they would generally have a technical guy in the back. So we, we would give it, we, we create dashboards that would be measuring the, the uh, page speeds of, of the websites. Right. Uh, and it's mostly here uh, where the servers are bought because if you're operating on a global level, it, it matters a lot how, how quickly the, the website opens in Australia versus the US, right? Totally. So. Um, so we, we do always keep the monitoring of that, but um, generally they would have the the webmaster would be responsible for for the optimization of that. Sure. No, I think that makes sense. Like I, that's kind of what I assume, but it, it's interesting because I know you can shave so much page load speed, especially on mobile, if you just like remove you know something simple as like gradients and text shadows and, and whatnot from your app. You might add those later on at a bigger bigger resolution, or you might turn them on at um, you know certain bandwidths. But you can remove a lot just like just tweaking that kind of technical stuff. In in general, I would say that uh, it, it's definitely one one area that's very important. It, it's almost often it's overlooked, but totally. especially if you're going into loading times which are higher than four seconds or. Uh, may, maybe even five seconds, uh, you would start losing on those conversions just because the the, web, the landing page open, doesn't open that fast, and especially for mobile devices, right? Because mobile devices are becoming an increasingly important factor in the in the consumer journey, especially on the research side. Even though conversions generally then would 
would kind of sell down the the desktop uh, alley, but uh, then the cross device uh, it, it's definitely important. And if you don't load fast enough on mobile, you're actually losing people that are interested in your product. Sure. And I think, I think it's good to add. I mean, it, it links uh, a lot uh, that you mentioned this uh, page speed. A lot of times we would see setting up, for example, uh, online advertising campaigns. And you would see a lot of clicks, but not many visit the website. And you're thinking, and then you realize the website is loading for 14 seconds. It makes sense that you know people will click on the ad, but they won't they won't be waiting until it loads after 10 seconds, or they're going to close the page. Meaning you would have paid for those clicks, but you didn't get people on the site. You know, so that that becomes a big problem once you start spending money. It's very important that the site is running as smoothly as possible so that people who sort of show interest in your product once they see the ad that, that you don't lose them because they need to wait you know people are not used to waiting anymore sure no i i think that's actually like a really really good point because like and i include myself in in what i'm about to say is like I work as the designer and so, you know, I do kind of web and mobile stuff. So, you know, obviously I have the latest phone and the latest MacBook Pro and, you know, everything flies for me, right? No matter what device I'm on, I have the latest stuff. But majority of the people that are looking at this stuff don't. And the crazy thing about it is even like Walmart in the States launched a $10 Android phone. So basically, you that can't be running good specs. I, I if I remember, it's it's not like a terrible phone, but if you think about it, like we you know as designers love these crazy page animations and transitions and like I mentioned earlier, gradients and text shadows and all that stuff. But that stuff works awful on a phone. Even a good phone, it usually kind of chugs a bit. But you think about that on like an old phone. Or a phone that's just, you know, somebody just got for free or really, really cheap. I, I think you guys bring up a really interesting point that I think a lot of people forget. Like most people don't aren't looking at it on a two plus thousand dollar Mac or a, you know, eight hundred to a thousand dollar brand new iPhone, right? Where a lot of designers, that's what they test their stuff on. And it's super important to test on some of the low end devices. And as more and more markets of the world come online, majority of people are going to be, you know, on a slow data connection through a cell tower and their phone is going to be the only way they ever experience the Internet. So I think the fact that we're kind of having this conversation about speed and mobile is, is super important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely true because, you know, more and more people have like, you know, Cool smartphones, but not all that are good. So you know, if you have an eighty dollar, you know, iPhone is different. If you have like twenty dollar, like you said, Android. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The loading times in mobile are the big thing. You know, since two thousand thirteen, uh, they've been saying it's a mobile year in 2014, 2015. and I think you know, mobile year of mobile was actually twenty fifteen. Is going now. Uh, who knows what's gonna be next year? But um, loading time on mobile is one of the big things um, that you know should improve. Uh, in the next few months. And I think what's interesting actually now that uh, that we're mentioning more mobile loading times is um, we were, because we work with a lot of startups and Kickstarter projects, the interesting fact um, that Kickstarter, for example, says on their own uh, help center when people are facing, for example, discrepancies between their data, like, for example, their ads are saying that there were a thousand clicks, but their analytics would say there were like 200 visits, right? Right. And right. Kickstarter says it themselves that 
the website doesn't load fast on, on mobile. So visits from mobile devices are generally not going to be sessions, you know, whereas you are paying for clicks. So we have to, of course, from the advertising perspective, adapt to that and focus more on, on desktop, even though, you know, we could drive a lot of traffic from mobile, but if we know that the site is not going to be loading, we, you can't spend uh, a client's money on something that's not going to bring users to actually see what is on there, right? So it's interesting that a big company, you know, like like that and super sort of uh, techie is not is not yet there yet. Well, and the other thing I think to mention is Google in 2015 decided that if your site wasn't um, optimized for mobile, that it was going to rank a lot lower. For mobile devices and like it's it's unbelievable like um even for us like we we have experience working in nigeria which is our our our, our kind of like a base in uh for africa and i mean the the world there it's completely different right sure. i mean the rules that apply here in 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 the west uh it's it they, they do not apply there i mean even the the mobile conversions are actually coming in on mobile because there was simply a, a gap like that was just skipped with, with the desktop so you know if you if you need to decide between between a laptop and a smartphone you just decide for a smartphone because it's 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 something which you always can have with you so sure. um it, it's definitely a learning experience and uh, the more that we go into the asian markets uh, the more the more we see of a similar trend where pretty much the mobile searches are already far far ahead um from desktop searches especially on google where where we we, we used to work and uh I mean, it's something we we need to kind of get used to it, I guess, <laughs> because I, I think I think especially Europe being on the conservative side, that desktop search is still far ahead, and people are still kind of trying to get used to the new environment. But uh, if you're gonna go for the global market, Hong Kong, Singapore, which would be the most techy environment in in Asia, along with South Korea and Japan, they 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 would be having completely different consumer journeys, and cross devices so much bigger there. Sure. So. It's really good to kind of get all the aspects on that. <laughs> I, I know, like, my buddy spent a year in Japan, and he had the coolest flip phone. And I can't believe I'm even saying cool and flip phone in the same th- sentence. But, like, it was a full-blown OS, and it was awesome. I, like, I don't even know how to put it into words how cool it was. But, like, it's a device that I've never seen in, in North America, and probably and I never will unless I order one online. But we forget about that you know we just kind of designed for the latest android and ios devices and you know maybe windows phone and i don't know if blackberry ever makes a comeback but (laughs) they're trying hard like you say that they're trying hard sure well they're rolling to android i guess so it doesn't really matter anymore but Uh, the proof is now android yeah Uh, but yeah we were actually forgetting you know the big part of the world we're just usually focused on europe and uh, especially the us sure uh, we keep forgetting on Africa. We keep forgetting the Middle East. Um, they do actually have the, the purchase power. Uh, we're forgetting about the Asia. So mm-hmm. I think you know this is this these are the continents and parts of the world we actually have to focus on, and you know always keep in mind what kind of um, you know OS are they using, what kind of mobile phones are they using, uh, what's their user experience, um, etc. So you know that's that's really important to keep in mind. No, that's great advice. And it was also one of the points when we started uh, our company was that we saw that a lot of local agencies that when they like, if, for example, we're based in Dublin, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of agencies are based in Dublin, so they focus on 
Irish clients, for example, or somebody, an agency based in New York, they would base on US clients, right? So they have a lot of local knowledge and they're probably amazing at setting up campaigns and, and digital marketing for their local um, entities. However, if they would, if a startup would come up and say, okay, we want to target Hong Kong, Japan, Singapore, they would just sort of test and they would use the same uh, approaches that they would use in the US, whereas they would be completely different in Asia. So our sort of vision at the beginning was to be an expert for all this market so that when there's a startup, you know, they don't need to have someone or an agency that is great for just one market, but they can have someone who will be great at all markets, you know, but not being a massive agency that doesn't want that only wants to work with Coca-Cola or L'Oreal, you know, uh, but sort of offering this expertise to startups and sort of growing with them on the long term. No, I love it. I think it's it's this is really good. Um, Should we should we continue with the list? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) No, we we tangent, but it was good. Well, the third the third part of it uh, is the execution. Okay. Um, you know, the most common mistake uh, in any, basically any startup is thinking, you know, that online tools are easy to use, easy to be learned. Um, you know, it's like, you know, in a few days you can basically handle them in-house. Uh, we've seen numerous cases uh, where a company would simply open a Facebook or a Google account and start spending money. Um, you know, just creating some random ads, uh, test things on their own, but, you know, without in-depth knowledge, it's a bit hard. Usually you end up losing money. Uh, you don't believe in platform anymore. You don't believe that Google or Facebook advertising works. Um, you know, and this is actually where um, you know we try to come in, and you know try to use the tools, um, try to teach them how to use the tools, show them um, how to actually create a campaign, how to use the ads, how to use the targeting options, and um, you know after a while they you know we try to share the knowledge. Um, they actually became aware of you know things that they did wrong in the past and um, at the end you know they we just try to you know make them know that we know what we're doing what we know you know we know the best what what should be done um because you know the algorithms behind google and facebook are usually complicated stuff uh we don't know it you know let's say we don't know it completely how it works because we're not google or facebook engineers um, but you know, we know we know little bits. We know tricks. We know uh, when to make the right call. You know when to do something that will actually have an impact. And um, it requires a lot of data analysis, a lot of knowledge. Um, and um, you know, this is usually when we come in. So the execution is not poor, and we try to you know do it as as good as possible for the clients, and just try to you know try to be the best at measuring results at the end, because results are you know the most important data that actually our clients and we strive to. Sure. No, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times we would see that, that um, clients would set something up and after 10 days, they would just turn it off and think, okay, this is not working. Totally. So that's where actually uh, measuring results, like Luca said, um, comes in. And I think David can, can tell you more about uh, the fourth actually mistake that we have on the list because definitely measuring and uh data analytics is one of big mistakes uh that that startups uh, do as well yeah i mean like on that point like back to your point data is is a king right and Mm -hmm. uh 
you know, you, you can ha it can go actually both ways. I mean, we're always just talking about, uh, you know, trying something and w not working. You, you know, you, you have examples of startups that do try something and it's working, but basically how they do it, it it's actually quite dangerous just because it works once. How, how do you make sure that it will work the second time when you'll actually need it even more? So, you know, you have this, this kind of stories coming up. And then uh, w when you start talking to all those clients, you, you can see that, you know, measuring being... Uh, a factor which is completely not not included there you know you have options in in kickstarter indiegogo on your e-commerce side where you can add the uh, any 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 tracking tool it doesn't need to be google analytics it, it is majorly used but um so once you add it you start actually understanding much more about about your traffic you know how it splits how it's added um and how it performs you can pretty much see how your people that convert, how they come to your website versus people that are there more than a minute or so on. So that that's one thing. And um, as soon as you have that set up, then you can kind of have the infrastructure to start doing your own research, um, kind of trying to see which platforms are driving where. Then, then if you have a like we use the uh, a model which kind of focuses on branding brand awareness influence consideration and driving sales um and then you kind of benchmark the each each of the platform in those segments just to kind of set up the key performance indicators in each and then you can kind of create a strategy on the long term and and that that is usually very important right because you know your branded keywords and remarketing campaigns usually we always drive traffic but kind of getting there Kind of earning those those clicks, it's much different. And here it comes down to a problem that any digital ad agency in the world usually sells. So I would say at least the majority is our clicks and impressions, right? Mm -hmm. Which becomes the problem because we know that you can achieve them in different ways, and uh, but they are not all the same. Yeah. Sure. And I think the other thing to mention too, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Usually, at least in my own experience, I find kind of what works on Facebook or Twitter. Or like what works on Facebook won't won't necessarily always work on, say, Twitter and LinkedIn and any other social media networks that you almost need to target your marketing a little bit different based on the network you're posting to. Do you, Would you agree or disagree with that? I, I, I would completely agree. I mean, just if you look at where Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn versus Facebook are kind of coming in, why they're, they're so much different, you'll see that the things cannot work the same way because, I mean, Google is ideally positioned their whole marketing um success is based that the customer is very close to the to the decision to the end of the decision end of basically end of purchase mm -hmm. moment like i mean if someone's buying buy lcd tv you, you know that this purchase is probably going to happen um, quite soon especially if this is a branded query so for instance if they know that they want a samsung one and they're already looking for special deals on them like uh, this is where i would say like it you know, you, you would need a special ad, probably a text ad. You just need to be there, kind of position themselves. On the other hand, like the, usually the products that we work with need need extensive, more push marketing strategies. I mean, we, we have products that are like Bluetooth app trackers or something like that. Um, if you're a tracking device, nobody actually really searches that without kind of being on top of their mind at one moment. So like this branding phase becomes much more important. And here, Facebook, Twitter uh, become... Uh, much much more important because their reach is is bigger, right? So that sure. they're, uh, of course, like you can use image ads, uh, you can you can target them based on their interests and so on. So yeah, like I, I would I would one hundred percent agree. <laughs> <laughs>
Interesting. Yeah, because like for me, the show, like just for me and my personal experiences, like I can Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, totally figure it out. YouTube, I can't figure that out for the life of me with the show. Like the show <laughs> gets tons of listens on the radio, gets tons of listens as a podcast. I post the shows to YouTube and like it barely, barely anybody listens to it. And I've been watching some videos on it and I think... What I'm doing, like my, my approach to YouTube is totally wrong. So I, I think it's important to also kind of mention like even people that kind of do this for a living still don't know all the answers all the time, right? And that we're still constantly kind of learning and keeping current with that. And that's partly why it's important to kind of outsource sometimes to a company like you guys just because majority of people don't have time or a person on staff to handle this stuff and it's so it's changing so fast and so often that unless you're on top of it or, or constantly trying new things you're gonna have a hell of a time being successful at it yeah and and that's true and we've gotten clients um that you know for example they they had nailed facebook ads you know themselves but sure. they sure. like you said they they couldn't crack google it was too complicated they couldn't crack twitter they didn't even know linkedin had ads you know etc so it's definitely such a such a wide area i mean they can sort of help you you know like we a lot of times we can use twitter info and twitter data to sort of help us define the target audience and then for example go to facebook and see what this target audience would be there right and vice versa with google and sort of a comparison but for sure like dealing with a lot of clients um on the, on a longer period of time it definitely gives you a bit more of feel for, for for the whole field so that when you get a new client it's a bit easier to say okay let's start here and that is for example the fourth step uh versus if they started step one you sure, know sure so so yeah so i think that that sort of links like you mentioned uh with the partner search i think that's the fifth mistake that we we noticed um, with the startups that we had to deal with a lot of them complained uh, for example that they tried it before with a different agency or with several agencies and they didn't see results and I think even with a couple of our friends who, who started their own startups like they make a decision too fast you know it's mm -hmm. not going to, I mean if you go in Google digital agency or I don't know digital marketing there's just a gazillion of, of, of results and half of them offer services, you know, or products to use for this. And I think it's very difficult to decide, for example, in, in a few days time, which normally startups do, you know, they think, oh, we need digital marketing. Let's just find something, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and it's not that easy to find someone who's actually going to do it. I think David mentioned earlier, you know, some of them sell literally packets and it would say, you know, pay 500 euros or 500 dollars and you'll get a thousand clicks you know and that that's what they sell and people sort of get excited because they automatically think okay i'll get thousand clicks that's thousand visitors that's going to be great right but that that doesn't mean anything right this could be clicks like we said on mobile and they won't even wait until your page loads you know maybe there's not going to be any users checking your site because your page is not loading so you'll get those a thousand clicks on the ads but you're not gonna get any visitors any time spent on the website or with the content or anything so i think uh it's not really a mistake that they do but i think it's very important to stress that they should definitely put a lot of 
effort into the search and into sort of research into what different agencies do, talk to different agencies and partners and see how their approaches fit yours, right? Because like also Luca said, one size doesn't fit all. So selling packages or anything, it doesn't really work unless they sell a package that is really sort of in sync what, with what you do, right? Sure, so for sure. some, for sure it will. Um, but a lot of times I think it's just important to sort of click, you know, with, with the team for us. I think the most rewarding uh, part of the whole experience is that after a few weeks, we feel a part of their team, you know, and I think that's very important regardless with whom you choose to go with. I think it's important that you're not um, a number and you hear from them after the end of the month giving you some stats, but that you actually work alongside with them and sort of feel that you bounce off ideas when you need to and that you um, really feel, you know, connected and and um, moving in the same direction. I think it's very important in this. Sure. No, I, I think that's really good advice. Um, we're kind of running out of time. So is there anything else that you kind of want to cover quick before we kind of promote um, your social media and where people can find you guys online? No, I think we've covered We've covered basically, you know, more more or less everything. Uh, sure. I think you can find a lot more in our social network as well. Uh, we just try to, you know, follow as much as possible Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns. So, um, yeah. Interesting. So maybe let's kind of close the show with promoting where people can find you guys online. Yeah. So it's uh, fairly easy to find us on, on Twitter uh, where we're called Nook Digital. So it's simply at Nook Digital. Remember, it's to use. Uh, so NUUK Digital. Um, we post a lot on, on Kickstarter and Indiegogo projects and interesting content about um, entrepreneurship and startups in general. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, also New Digital. I don't think uh, there's too many of us, <laughs> so it should be easy to find. And uh, like you mentioned with YouTube, we're still uh, planning our, our content for there. So um, coming soon, we'll say to YouTube awesome. channel. Awesome. Perfect. And I'll post these links uh, on the show notes as well so people can uh, check you guys out from, from the website as well. But uh, thanks, guys. This has been awesome and uh, really good. And I, I look forward to keeping in touch with you guys. And uh, yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks again for doing this. Same here. Thank you for taking the time yeah. to speak Thank to you, us Kevin. from the other part of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the fact that, you know, just through Skype and we can – we can connect, you know, world worldwide, really. I, I love talking to people from, you know, yeah. outside of North America. So, yeah, no, thanks, guys. This has been awesome. Thank you, and Thank hope you. to speak to you soon. Sounds Here's good. from Dublin. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Later. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.